Hey everyone, it's Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. I'm glad you're here with us today. We are diving into the message called, I've got the joy, 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 joy. And I'm really excited for this one. I, in preparing the message, didn't realize the impact it would have on people's lives. But it made a strong impact in our physical gathering, and I hope it made an impact on you in our digital gathering. There's two people I want to introduce to you. The first... I'm Alethea Galvin. I am a junior nursing student, and I'm the worship coordinator, or one of the worship coordinators for Elevate. And I'd like to introduce George Velez. I am part of the media team for the Keen Church. I've been around here forever, feels like. And, uh, every week I fall in love a little bit more and more with our church. Um, we're doing some really cool things, and... It's an, it's, it's an honor to be able to serve. We sat down in the studio to talk about the message for this week, and this conversation was impactful and insightful, so I can't wait for you to listen. Without further ado, here's the retake. So, Lathie, I'll give you time to think about this question, but I'm going to punt it to you, George, just off the cuff. What makes you who you are? In, in, in a way... Every moment of our lives changes us a little bit, mm-hmm. and we have to, we make a choice actually to um, let those moments shape us. Mm-hmm. If we if we don't, we can just be stubborn about it, and we can say, "No, I'm not gonna. I, I refuse to make that change. I refuse to improve. Yeah. Um, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm." Um, What's that terrible word that everyone hates? Is your just like status quo? Um, I can't think of the word. I can't either. I'm so sorry. I hate it when I do that. Um, <laughs> you're con- not content. You're complacent. Uh, complacent. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Complacency is a very, very slippery slope mm-hmm. when you just are okay with where you're at, not willing to uh, realize that things change. And even our own spiritual walk, mm-hmm. if you get complacency in our, in our spiritual walk, that gets to be real dicey mm-hmm. in my experience. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you both for sharing your heart um, in complimentary ways. <laughs> Let's dive into the message um, from this week entitled, I've got the joy, 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 joy. Um, I hold myself back from uh, titling it down in my heart as well. Um, from the series Rethinking Church, and we're in First Thessalonians chapter 2, seven, t- chapter two verses 17 to 20. So um, I'm curious what y'all had to think about it. I mean, it was good. I really liked this one. Um, this whole sermon series has been pretty, pretty fire. I'm not gonna lie; it's been pretty good. No joke. Yeah, uh, I like that we're like di- like digging into like smaller sections of mm-hmm. the verses and um, really like unpacking them. Mm-hmm. Um, what stood out you uh, stood out to you from the series? Like, it makes you say like this has been fire um, as you because it's been it. very like. How do I say this without sounding like basic, uh, like savage kind of towards like <laughs> the church that we have now? You know what I'm saying? And kind of calling out our flaws yeah. and saying, mm, we're kind of not doing it right. Yeah. And I think that's something like we really need to like check in on ourselves and the way that we run, like how we do things. I think that's super important to grow, like to not be complacent. And I really that's why I like the series. Mm. Can I ask Alethea a question? Yeah. What uh, What do you see as being the church having been kind of, why is the message so important now that has the churches like this? Man, that's a good question. There was one sermon like three weeks ago 
Oh, it was so fire. I don't remember exactly what it was. But um, just about, like, the fact of community. Like, we don't fully treat each other how a family would treat each other. Mm. And we're mm. kind of, there's this, this separation between me and the person in the pew behind me. When in actuality, we're all coming here to, like, worship. We're all coming here to get the same spiritual food. We're going through the same things. Like, that should be something that bonds us together instead of separate us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so true. Um, the the big thing that I got from this message is piggybacking onto what you're what you were saying, Alethea, is it's all about community and it's all about uh, you being the receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the message was written for so many people. Mm-hmm. And I quickly did some uh, counting and in the book of first first Thessalonians uh, I've counted 95 references to the word you or your oh, wow. in, the fir- in the five chapters yeah. of the book. And wow. I mean, it was just like, you know, quickly yeah. you, your, and I'm just like, that's, that's what sh- strikes home to me is the joy that is wanting to be shared with others. It's yeah. not about ourselves and wanting to share this beautiful message with, with others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's striking in Thessalonians how much, and oftentimes our, our English translations don't get it too well. Like our, um, we don't have a robust understanding of the difference between you mm. and like you both, and I'm pointing to you both, and I have to use like a, a, a <laughs> differentiator right. to mm-hmm. say that it's more than just one singular person. Yeah. But often, more often than not, in First Thessalonians, that you is more is better translated as y'all. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the, the southern charm. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Paul's writing, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are writing to, to y'all, the church in Thessalonica, mm-hmm. that group of people, that community. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and you made reference in your sermon, in the message, uh, to the Portuguese word mm-hmm. uh, for a, a nostalgia and a longing. Mm-hmm. And I tr- I did what you were suggesting. You said, hey, go look it up and such. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried. I mean, <laughs> Google Translate was just not playing nicely with me. And I was like trying to come up with all these different phrases and stuff. And it was yeah. like, where is this coming from? And I'd love to know what that word is again. So, Saudades. Saudades. Yes. Am I saying it right? Uh, close. Oh. Yeah, I think. I, I hope I got it. Yeah, I probably should have spelled it um, in the while I was talking about it. So those that, w- that were like close to taking, like, oh, I could go find it. So yeah. that uh, that comes from the desire to be together again, mm-hmm. and this longing to mm-hmm. to be together. Mm-hmm. And this is again where where I, I see where it's all about a community. Mm-hmm. It's all about being together as mm-hmm. as one and yeah. not holding the message in ourselves. I found that just so beautiful mm-hmm. and it, it struck a chord with me uh, when I, when I first heard it and when I was just kind of doing some additional research with it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm actually going to see how the Portuguese Bible translates the that section of scripture to see if that word's in there. I Ooh, Portuguese that. Bible. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I tried even looking looking up the word. I try to be careful with how I phrased it because I didn't want Portuguese to be coming up back with all sorts of weird things. <laughs> so, you know, to be like nostalgia yeah. and I mean, nostalgia. yeah, that actually, that, that idea, that word hit me Saturday morning as I'm going back through my notes. And mm. I'm like, this is a perfect illustration. And I know we have several um, Brazilians in our congregation and I wanted to connect with them a little bit. It struck a chord with me just because it's something different. And it made me think about how uh, when we have these moments of nostalgia, 
mm-hmm. these moments where you reflect back on a a memory that yeah. you have. Yeah. And usually to me, those memories stem from being together. Mm-hmm. When you are have a memory of with with a group of people, friends or family. Uh, that to me is what always brings back the the, the most vivid memories mm-hmm. or those types rather than just things by yourself. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're by yourself, you're not able to celebrate those. Yeah. And oftentimes you don't have that rejoicing um, when, again, back to the engage question, mm-hmm. <laughs> when was the last time you rejoiced? Yeah. And uh, I had to think about that one for a little bit. I think exploring other languages is one of the best ways of really understanding our own experience. And I'm thankful that using maybe a different word from another language to help someone else experience what joy is. We continued on in our conversation to talk a little bit more about what it means to experience joy. Yeah, I think it's really cool that there's a word to describe that that feeling of nostalgia, of like the way that it makes you feel. We, we don't necessarily have a specific word. It would be like we describe an experience that would make us feel that way yeah. instead of a word. But yeah. we have to put like multiple words together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, going uh, as what I was saying, and I don't want to be, I don't want to talk too much because I know you were. Um, just, just roll with it. Yeah. Okay. We'll jump in on you. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was um, the message of rejoicing mm-hmm. and uh, different ways that we rejoice in the moments in our lives that give us, uh, that lead us to rejoicing, whether it's celebrating um, a, a, a win from a family member. I remember getting a text from a dear family member who was telling me, Hey, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I rejoiced with that. Mm -hmm. Um, after I kind of got over the fact that she told me she was pregnant via text rather than a phone call, (laughs) 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 but still, regardless, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I rejoice when I know a friend of mine is getting married. Um, when we rejoice, I rejoice when I celebrate with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sometimes rejoice when, if you ha- have been out of work for a while, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, hey, you get that really that job that you've been wanting. That's a, that's rejoicing on yourself. Yeah. But I feel that, I, that sometimes we can get more from our rejoicing when we celebrate others' wins, mm-hmm. and that is again tying back to community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what you know Paul was talking about here. Yeah. with with others and and not being alone he cannot wait to be together again yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that that's that's something that really struck a chord with me um when everything was was all about was all about them uh in first Thessalonians chapter 2 uh verses verse 20 the mm-hmm. very last uh, ver- uh verse of the chapter indeed, you are our glory and joy. Mm-hmm. That's the NIV translation. I know mm-hmm. others uh, say you are our pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And I love that where it shows that the love of Christ in us reflects yeah. to others. We don't. We, we can't keep that. Yeah. We can't keep that joy to ourselves. It ha- We just have to share with somebody else. Yeah. And Alethe and I were talking before we pressed record and before you actually came in, George, for pre-conversation. Um, we're talking about the flip side of that experience mm-hmm. of there were um, several people I talked to um, after service and Alethe as well of, of people that uh, longingly look forward to someone returning to the table mm-hmm. that they're not sure when they're going to. 
Mm. And so we have that, that hopeful joy towards the future, but then also what do we do with the, when there's space right now that's missing Mm -hmm. and how that challenges our faith. It's almost as if you're looking forward to the good old days to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard because if you are sitting at that table and someone is missing, there's a piece that is gone. So mm-hmm. the thing that was whole is no longer whole. And what do you do with that? Like there's a sadness, but there's also the hope that one day things will go back to how they were or you, that feeling of brokenness won't feel as broken. Mm-hmm. And how do we get from feeling so empty with that person being gone to feeling at peace with that situation? Like, how does that happen? Mm. Wow. What do you think? I don't know how that happens. I think that's something that takes time. I think it's okay to be sad about it. I think it's okay to think about the memories you had with them and hold on to that hope that you things could get better, that you could see them and things will be okay. And I think for most situations that are tough and confusing, the only thing you can like cling on to is hope. Hope that ultimately God wants things to work out for you. He's not against you. He wants things to work out for you and whoever's missing, whether they left or they died or things like that. They, yeah. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have joy more than happiness, which is mm-hmm. that peace that he can give you. Yeah. And when we have that hope and we have that joy, uh, the sadness and, and those moments that we miss, they don't, they don't last as long. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, sometimes they're, they're super intense and we, we have those raw emotions, but they, they are healed quickly, mm-hmm. more so than if we didn't have that hope. If we didn't, if we just didn't realize that, my goodness, we are going to be able to have, we're going to be together again yeah. uh, sooner than we can really imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and then we would be just absolutely miserable. And I find peace with that, whether it's, you know, with somebody who passes away, my peace comes from, they are literally know nothing. Mm-hmm. Their very next thought is going to be being in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is still, it rattles around in my head a lot because I get so uh, swept up with the nuances of our world, of our daily life, that if we were to sometimes just unplug, I'm speaking for myself, mm-hmm. and think, okay, George, let's just stop. Stop trying to overthink things and find yourself present in this moment. Yeah. Uh, not just with ourselves, but with somebody else. Mm-hmm. No, if if my wife and I can just be present together there, without having to think, what's next? You know, yeah. uh, what what what's what's the next task on the to do list? Yeah. Uh, then we can find th- that joy in those moments, even those small moments there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's so important to recognize that Paul places his his hope and joy within the context of the second coming of Jesus. Absolutely. And I think it's a quiet nod to the things might not work out in this present life that we live. Mm. But my hope is for the future. And one day when Jesus comes back, even if we haven't been able to sit back down at the proverbial table together, that I know when Jesus comes back, all things will be made right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, uh, one thing I've struggled with my entire life as growing up in the Adventist church is this, these 
moments of rockiness and these dark moments are going to are going to come across our lives. Mm -hmm. And I've always been trying to process it saying, what's that going to look like? And is that pain going to be too much to to bear? Mm -hmm. Um, And is the end result going to be worth it? Mm. And uh, I, I know that what we read and what we understand in scriptures is that it is. Yet as a human being, it's really hard to just completely give into that yeah. and say, yes, Lord, I have every ounce of confidence that you are, have got my back. Yeah. We can say the words. I can say the words like I'm saying them now. But to truly have them inside of our bones, it's, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And I see that Paul, Paul had it. Paul yeah. had it in his bones and he was he was sharing it so much. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important to recognize that he uses the word joy and rejoice instead of just happiness. Mm. Happiness can be something that just comes and goes with the wind. It's not an active decision that we make like joy. Joy is a choice that we can make to have in a situation or to have in the things that come our way. Like it's different than happiness. Because I eat ice cream and it brings me happiness. And then the ice cream is gone and then I'm not so happy anymore. But you go from joy to deep sadness. <laughs> is, that, is that all it takes? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but then being around community and this feeling that it's more than happiness, it's deeper, that I feel safe and mm. I feel comfortable and I feel loved, that brings me joy. And so when he uses the word joy, it just makes it that much more powerful that much more important that we understand that we're all family that we're getting through this together and we have the joy in looking forward to something that's better than what we have right now sometimes ice cream is all it takes to experience joy well we didn't stop there we moved on in our conversation and talked about how community enhances our ability to experience joy so like the sense of community gives a little bit it helps us celebrate that joy even mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Uh, because you know we're not alone yeah we're able to celebrate it we're able to give each other that virtual high five yeah, yeah. fist bump <laughs> things like that the hug <laughs> the hug <laughs> boy that's going way back yeah no and that just hearing you describe that aletheia gives me a sense of saudades like that that longing for something maybe i haven't even experienced yet of like, wouldn't it be great if our community was like that? You know, we can have that through our nuclear families. Hopefully we have that through our nuclear families, Mm -hmm. right? And not everybody does, but what would it look like in church if we came and we're all brothers and sisters? I mean, we, you know, we say that, we preach that in Christ, like, yeah, we're all brothers and sisters. (laughs) What if we treated each other like that? Mm -hmm. We're so excited to see one another too, to be present in community together. Yes. Like that's the dream. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, how about this? How about if we all came to church and we were authentic? Mm. We were real. Mm-hmm. What if we came to church and there was no drama? Tell them, tell them. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that, that, that would be, I mean, I, I don't know how I would react to that because yeah. we tend to sometimes be a little suspicious saying, are you really, mm-hmm. truly uh, mm-hmm. being yourself or mm-hmm. is this something, is there something else going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that may be one of the biggest surprises I get when I get to heaven is, Wow. This is a true happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like absolutely nothing to be suspicious about and be like, do you have a second zero, like an, a second agenda that you're, yeah. that you're, not, that yeah. you're not telling mm-hmm. us? Yeah. It's we are all here together. 
yeah. because of what God did for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the view that Paul has and the rest of the the New Testament authors have this, and the Old Testament authors, quite frankly, have a view towards the the coming of Jesus and the establishment of God's kingdom. It centers around relational wholeness, not just our own relationship with God being whole and complete, Mm -hmm. but our relationship with each other Mm -hmm. being whole and complete. Um, And I think I'm okay with drama in the church as long as we're willing to lean in and not be drama, but that we're actually... Like, let's ra- talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Like and if, we're lifting each other up because of. Yeah. It's, like, George, if we got beef, like, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if there's something that went down, like, let's let's figure it out. Let's lean into it and 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 embrace that. I'm really glad that said that, sir, because there's been something in my heart. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, sir, not one bit. Not one bit. Yeah, and I think it's very important for communication. I mean, that's one of the most key things in relationships between friendships or, like, significant others is communication. Like, yeah. if I'm upset and I'm not talking about it, clearly the only person that's hurting is me. That is the only thing. And yeah. so in order to fix that, in order to fix what's been broken – we have to talk about it. We have to come yeah. together, realize both of us may be at fault, and let's fix it. Yeah. Put whatever it is that is tugging at our heartstrings, bring it out to the open yeah. so that you can clear the air because otherwise it is going to completely destroy us from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And true. We, we just have to. Otherwise, who knows what will happen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, what else stood out to you guys? We talked about community. We talked a little bit about impact of joy. So dodgies. Mm. You made reference to. Um, you made reference to how the how you call the enemy Satan. Mm-hmm. I don't use the word Satan myself. Okay. I I reference the enemy. Uh-huh. Because in my head, this is just George Velez's head, <laughs> you give somebody an identity sure. by having a name. Sure. And maybe I'm, this is the the old soul in George speaking here <laughs> when, when I say that. But when you referenced how, um, what was it? Was it in, was it in Matthew? Um, Matthew 10, 28. Yeah, Matthew Don't 10. Don't fear those who kill the body. Yes, yes. And, well, not only there, but, yeah, right here. It was, it was um, again, back to First Thessalonians chapter, chapter 2, verse 18. Mm-hmm. So First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. Mm-hmm. And to me, acknowledging that there is an evil force that is working against us mm-hmm. is huge. Simply acknowledging it, because sometimes we get so wrapped up in me, 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 mm-hmm. that we don't realize that there is this force that is driving us to be so self-centered mm-hmm. as compared to let me put myself at the feet of Jesus and allow Christ to push me forward. And um, the fact that he references that the supernatural force was pushing against him, that is what Satan was keeping uh, keeping everyone from being together. Mm-hmm. And that kind of cascades in so many other ways throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that we 
wish we want that we wish we could do, but we can't do. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason we don't have the joy is because the enemy is pushing us back mm-hmm. and not giving us that joy. Yeah. And I think in a lot of situations, I mean, I guess for me personally, it's very easy for me to blame God. For some reason, that's my go-to. Whenever something bad happens or I feel like I'm in a situation where I ask for help and he's not helping, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? What, what, what did I do to you? And I old, like my first instinct is to blame it on God. And so that verse, it's very important to realize like, hey, like, God does want the best for you. And there is someone out there that doesn't want the best for you. And sometimes it's hard to remember that, that it's not like God isn't working against you. He ultimately wants you to thrive. And sometimes we take that as, yes, he does put us in situations that aren't what we wanted and do help us to grow. But ultimately there is other situations where, yeah, the devil comes and is really trying to like put us down. And sometimes he wins and sometimes it's hard to overcome that and realize like God is fighting for me mm-hmm. and he's not against me. Mm-hmm. Well, you just said you sometimes you blame God for something that yeah. could be the act of Satan. Yeah. And sometimes we blame Satan for what could be the act of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's really, it's, it, it's, it's a very narrow line to walk on. And some days we're on one side or the other. Yeah. It's so tricky. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's important just to simply acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And and say, Lord, forgive me for blaming you mm-hmm. for something that it goes against every fabric of who you are. Yeah. yeah. Now, does God use some of the things that the devil does to kind of like spin it back in the devil and be like, hey, what you meant for evil, God used for good, like that type of thing? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, definitely the whole life of Christ. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes. that's that's hard, right? Because we. Uh, I, I don't think that God at all wants us to have broken relationships. Mm-hmm. He does not want our loved ones to die Mm-mm. in tragic accident and this, that, and the other thing. Does God use that sometimes to bring about the salvation of somebody? I think so. Yeah. Can I point to like a specific? No, I'm not going there. I'm not going there on specific instances. Um, but I, you, you can't tell me that it was the will of God that XYZ person died. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a that's a out, that's an outcome of evil, and whether mm-hmm. Satan directly intended that to happen, or it's just the fallout from the just the sin that has permeated our world. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to put blame where where blame is due. Mm-hmm. An enemy has done this. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you a very personal story for me. Um, my I have I had a brother who passed away uh, 15 years ago last month. Um, mm-hmm. He passed away May 13th, 2006, I believe. Wow. Unexpected, completely unexpected. He was 40 years old mm-hmm. and it completely rocked my family's world. It was the very first time I personally had lost anybody close to me. And uh, in those moments, like right when, right when I got the news, we immediately want to throw that blame right at God mm-hmm. and say, how could you possibly allow this to happen? Yeah. And... Uh, the, the the biggest takeaway or, or the biggest change in my life in those days immediately after, uh, as we were preparing for his funeral and actually at his funeral, was when I realized the tremendous impact that my brother Arnold had on others. Mm-hmm. He impacted people's lives so tremendously, ways I had no idea I, I, I don't I don't know if any of the family did. He was very private about it. 
And folks were coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, yeah, he, he helped me with this or he did this and he did this. And my mouth dropped. I was like, my brother did all this? And it changed who I am. Yeah. And uh, again, what you asked earlier, well, what shaped who we are today, the experiences. And that's one of the biggest that has shaped who I am today mm-hmm. is not necessarily losing my brother, mm-hmm. but knowing the man he was. Mm. and always wanting to live towards that a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and all of that going back to the whole blame and everything, taking it from the perspective of God for a second, like that's hard. Like you see your child going through this very hard thing mm-hmm. and you're you're sad with them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, it's your fault." And you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just <laughs> I'm just as sad as you are. I'm trying to be with you in this place." And yeah. That'd be so hard, but that's just the whole testament to the love he has for us. That he does that time and time again, that he sits with us, he mourns with us, even when we blame him. And that's something that's so powerful. I think that point is huge, that God is big enough to embrace our frustration Mm -hmm. and our anger. And it's okay to be like, God, why did you do this? Mm -hmm. He's big enough to take on that question. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's difficult when we get down to losing a loved one in the midst of that to be to you know kind of blanket those statements of like oh of course god didn't want this to happen like no like let's be frustrated let's take that to god he's big enough to take care of it and i think we have to carry around a view this is um another uh, a blessing that my my wife has brought to my life her 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 view of the the great controversy and the cosmic conflict um it's very 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 real for her as she lost her parents and her brother at a very young age mm-hmm. to, to someone who broke into their home and killed them while they were missionaries in, uh, in another country. And ever since she was young, she had a very, very good grasp on the concept that there's, there's a war going on that mm-hmm. we can't see. And sometimes that war, there's casualties in the world that we live in from the war that's going on outside of the world that we live in. Yeah. And we've talked about that long, long, long conversations about that. And I just, every time that she shares with me that view and, and unpacks it more, I'm just like, wow, there's, there's so many times that I think we maybe pretentiously come to God and be like, why this, that, the other thing? And he's like, child, <laughs> if you only knew what was going on, oh, yes. Yes. you would, you would, uh, you wouldn't change a thing. I think yeah. uh, Ellen White makes a comment somewhere and she makes a lot of com- comments places that people trip to her um but (laughs) she talks about um where's it at i think it's in the ministry of healing somewhere around page 280 something like that um that if if god were to unpack for us how he led throughout all of our lives and all the different circumstances that that came our way that there would not be a single thing that we would change Mm -hmm. right looking back and seeing how god led in our lives uh and melissa says that to me even though she lost her parents and her brother at a very young age, she says, I wouldn't change anything. Can you imagine? That's going to be the, the, the greatest jaw-dropping moment and mic-dropping moment that God is going to have when we are there in front of him and he just lays out our story in mm-hmm. front of us mm-hmm. and he says, this is why yeah. things happen the way in your life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, emojis head exploding <laughs> because yeah. it's like, boosh, yeah. what 
wow. And the most beautiful part about it is that it's going to be fair. It's going to make perfect sense. And we're going to say, wow, Lord, you did this all out of love for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, I, I feel that sometimes we get wrapped up in this, do I serve God out of love or do I serve him out of fear mm. as to what would happen if I don't stay on the straight and narrow? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that gets, that kind of goes back to the whole great controversy yeah. because we have that choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have the choice to, to love God uh, because we, we want to and we acknowledge the beautiful things he's done for us or we're just like, I don't want to get whipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was <laughs> that was a good point. That was good. Was good. <laughs> I feel like I say stuff and it just like stays quiet. I'm like, okay, just... <laughs> it was good. <laughs> One thing I was curious about is the the joy that comes from rejoicing. Mm-hmm. I feel that some of it could also come with a, a tinge of nervousness because if mm. we're having some a really big thing that's happening in our lives, I feel it'd be, almost be inhuman if we just say yes, we, we've got this, let's mm-hmm. go. But um, I feel that we should be a little bit apprehensive to a certain extent because we don't know exactly what's going to happen because of it. Uh, uh, that's okay. just me. Yeah. That That's my perspective on it. Yeah. Uh, I feel that's just part of being hu- human yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the joy of salvation and the joy of, of, of seeing, of, of, of being, being in heaven, this joy of seeing, of seeing God's face at the same time, it's like, what's that going to be like? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, are all the cards going to be put on the table? And yeah. that it, it's kind of scary to me at some point. Yeah. That whole notion of, of wow, when we see God and, and he's going to see us for who we really are. Mm, yeah. He already does see us for who we are. Yeah. Uh, that's true. He does see us for who we are. But I guess <laughs> in a way it's going to be like, he's going to show us how he sees us. Yeah. And everybody else is going to see it too. And everyone else is going to see it too. <laughs> and and that's, where it's, that's where it's like, uh, wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So joy is great, right? And it's always going to bring, I don't know, rainbows and butterflies and and happy feelings, right? But what do we do with our joy when we're a little nervous, a little anxious, or there's a situation that causes us to be uneasy? And that's where we move next in our conversation. It makes me, at least it brings the image to my mind of... uh, like going on a date with someone for the first time or like going to mimosa uh, oh, banquet here. It's first date. Like, you know, you just, you're, you're excited. You're joyful because of it. But then mm-hmm. it's also like, uh, Oh no. Kind of nervous. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like, I, I, I still remember to this day how nervous I was the first time I called uh, Lizzie's house. Her dad answered the phone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, my wife's dad is a retired pastor. So it was like calling my this girl was I, I liked calling mm-hmm. her dad. He picks up the phone, and I, all of a sudden, I just went mute. Yeah. I'm like, "What do I say to yeah. Pastor Hernandez?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pastor Hernandez is Lizzie there, and you hear the silence at the end of the phone. Who's calling? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is George. This is George. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then she gets on the phone, and I mean, I'm still recovering, and I have the yeah, brown yeah. paper bag I'm breathing into, trying to catch my breath again. <laughs> 
But that is that that the end result of that nervous was a joy because she said, "Yeah, we'll go out on our first date." Yeah. Um, but then the nerves came right back because you're looking forward to that first date, mm-hmm. and they don't know what do I wear. You know, oh, I gotta wash the car. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta make sure to shave and and fix my hair. Yeah. Um, and all this stuff. So it's to me that's where I feel that the the nerves come from because you always are looking forward to what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a little bit of unknown in that when you, like when you propose to someone, you're super excited about it. You want to spend the rest of your life with this person and you propose to them. But there's, there's like, even though, you know, you probably had a conversation and she's going to say yes, but there's like a 0.01% that she may say no. And that's super scary. Right. And I think that comes back to what like Paul was saying. Like they're kind of sad that they're apart from each other. And that sucks. That's like. We were having this really good thing going on yeah. and we were bonding and we were growing together and we went through all of these things, these blood, sweat and tears together. And now we're apart from each other and I don't know when I'm going to see you again. Yeah, There's this unknown yeah. there, yeah. but there's also this joy that we do have this relationship. I'm putting my trust in this relationship that you got me and I got you. And even though I don't know when I'm going to see you again, I don't know what the circumstances are going to be under, I don't know, anything, I can still have that joy. And I think that's what's so important about joy is that we're supposed to have it when we're going through the tough things too. And almost something that James asks us, you know, these trials are something that we're supposed to ask God for. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we should be wanting to help us grow. And I think it's so hard to remember that those are the times that when we have joy in those situations, it makes that joy deeper yeah. than when it was just easy to have joy with celebrating over something. It makes it more intentional. Yeah. And that's what's important about it. Yeah. Isn't it kind of wild to think about just how uh, passionate that Paul must have been mm. about uh, being together and, and being apart and then yeah. being together and looking so much forward to that. Yeah. And it, that passion came through with, with his words because he had that love. Yeah. He had the desire, the, the, the Portuguese word again. Saudades. He had the saudades. <laughs> he had the saudades to, to want to be together. He looked so forward to that. Yeah. And that was contagious. Here we are centuries later, still basking in that from the words that he shared. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. And it's my hope and prayer that maybe you have found a little bit of joy in the midst of this episode. And if you did, maybe even if you didn't, I would ask that you'd share this episode with somebody that you love. Maybe you pass on a little bit of joy to them. And I hope that you look for experiences and ways in your life that you too can experience joy. Till next time, look forward to seeing you at Elevate Retake.